So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis, and this is episode four. So this one is a little bit different than the past episodes. I actually recorded this as a video while I was out riding this past Sunday. My plan is to uh, upload it to my YouTube channel, but I figured this would also make a good podcast episode for people that don't have a chance to watch YouTube, you know, listen in the car or in the commute, whatever it happens to be. But uh, before I get into the actual episode itself, I just wanted to read some listener mail. And I wanted to start by saying just thank you to everyone that's taken the time to, to write in, call, or like message me on Facebook. I really, really appreciate all the feedback. Um, there's been you know both, both good and bad. Well, actually, it's all been good feedback, honestly. Um, you know, some of it's been, hey, great job, like this, like that. There's been definitely some constructive criticism, and I have to say, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, You know, it's something I've been saying in past episodes, you know, let me know what you like and what you don't like and the kind of content you want to hear. And the thing about that is when you say something like that, you better mean it because, you know, people are going to let you know. And I just want to say I really do appreciate it. You know, I want to make this the best podcast I can. You know, this is episode number four. I'm learning a lot as I go. Uh, I hope you guys notice it getting better. And I just want to strive to continue to improve and just, you know, Make it what my listeners want to listen to, you know, have the content that they want to hear and, you know, be in a format that they that they really, really like. So once again, just want to say I really, really appreciate it. I know there was a couple of people who kind of started by saying, you know, hey, I hate to be critical. They're a little apologetic. And honestly, it was greatly appreciated. Really, all, all the feedback has, has just been been awesome. So thank you, everyone, for that. I really appreciate it. So listener mail. So first, I just want to give a shout out to EJ. He's uh, my first official listener. So he's the first person that contacted me and was like, hey, you know, I listened to the first episode. So that's really cool. And it's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, I had uh, first released, actually first released the episodes just kind of on my Facebook page and I put them up eventually on the website. Actually, originally with Google Drive on the Facebook page with a link. And then, you know, as I got my act together and got a couple episodes together, I finally got them up on my website and then put them out to the, you know, different broadcasts the different podcast channels, right? So it went up on Google Play and whatever. iTunes was the last one to uh, to show it or, or you know, to, to present it. And so I, I was kind of constantly after it, and, you know, every day, like, okay, is it up on iTunes? Is it up on iTunes? And somehow I was uh, slacking again, which th- that goes back to my nickname of Old Man Slacker, and I'll explain that in a future episode. Anyway, so EJ was kind enough to say, hey, dude, you know, I, I saw your, uh, your podcast up on iTunes, so... Uh, as soon as he did that, I just put the word out on Facebook, which was really cool. You know, I just tracked the statistics on the podcast. And by far, uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts are the most common place that people seem to be getting the podcast. So EJ, thanks for letting me know. Uh, EJ lives in southern New Jersey, actually near the New Jersey Motorsports Park, which is really cool. That's where I saw my my well, my first and only live Moto America race last season. And uh, actually, I'm going to be there again this year when uh, Moto America comes back. So EJ, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to hook up. And I know you mentioned maybe riding together, which would be really awesome. Okay, cool. So then uh, on to the second person I want to thank. So Anthony Terabellini who uh, lives in Bellevue, Washington. He and I actually know each other. We've never met in person, 
but he and I are fellow listeners of the Loud Pipes podcast, and so we know each other from the Slack channel there. So I just wanted to read just a little bit of the, the email he sent to me. This was in regards to episode number two, to gear or not to gear. So he said, love it. What you emphasize is what always gets left out of the gear conversation. There are situations that are out of your control. In our case, other drivers. I like how you gave a nod to passenger safety too. I see people two up where the dude looks like he's doing a track day and his girlfriend is on the back in jeans and a tank top holding on for dear life, WTF. So yeah, I, I agree on that. I've seen that too. And that was one of the reasons I, I mentioned it in that, in that episode. It's something you know, I don't like to see. And certainly, you know, I encourage anyone that carries a passenger, make sure your passenger is well geared up and outfitted. And anyone who rides as a passenger, you know, do yourself a favor and, and don't ride with someone who doesn't insist that you have proper gear on as well. I also got an email from Tom Potashnik, and actually he was the first person to email me on my uh, podcast email address, which is so you want to ride at yahoo.com. Uh, in his email, he mentioned, started riding about 12 years ago and like yourself started late in life. I'm 58. My current bikes are a BMW R1200GS and a Vespa 300GTS. I have done some off-road adventure riding, but my focus these days is road riding. I live in Marietta, Georgia, and most of my riding is in North Georgia and I'm sorry, in the North Georgia and North Carolina mountains. Finally, just a few months ago, I became an MSF, that's a Motorcycle Safety Foundation rider coach. So I'm new at instructing riders and seeing new riders firsthand. So that's really cool. So Tom, thank you very much for the email. That sounds like uh, some cool bikes you got there. I personally don't have a lot of scooter experience. Um, although I did, I don't know, many years ago, I was in Block Island with a friend and we rented scooters and, and that was kind of cool. Although I vaguely remember like not wearing helmets and stuff like that. But anyway, that, that's another lifetime many years ago. But uh, so that's really cool. Um, the off-road adventure riding is cool. That's something I have not done, but I really want to try one of these days. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it. And then as far as being a rider coach, that is really cool. I, I really... Uh, I really admire people who take the time to get trained and educated so that they can teach others to ride. It's something I'd actually like to do one of these days myself, but again, it's just a matter of <laughs> so much time in the week, and I do like to ride my motorcycle also. So, um, you know, this this pod podcast is awesome. I'm really enjoying doing it, but, you know, even this, I find, you know, it, it, it takes some time, right? So can't do everything at once, but uh, that that's really awesome. So thank you for writing in. And uh, finally, I just wanted to say thank you to Doug from Amen Moto, uh, which is a, they've got a, a YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so thanks for your feedback. Really greatly appreciated. And uh, hey, hope to have you, uh, you guys on the show one of these days. All right. So with that, uh, just wanted to say once again, thank you to everyone for tuning in and let's get on to the show. So just quickly, I just want to warn you, there is a little bit of background and wind noise uh, just because I did this, this uh video at a park but overall i think it's really not too bad and hopefully it just adds to the ambiance so take it away old man slacker hey everyone it's old man slacker aka chris geis so uh, i was originally going to do this as a facebook live video but uh, i'm here at sunken meadow state park uh, on long island in new york and unfortunately it looks like i don't have a very good signal data signal so I don't think that's gonna work out too good so I figured I would just do this as a video so this episode is gonna be what's in your top case and bear with me because uh, 
people who's watching the video, if I get into a lot of detail, it's because I'm also going to release this as a podcast. And since people listening to the podcast don't have the benefit of seeing what you're seeing, I'm just going to describe things a little bit, a little bit more in detail. So, all right, so let's, let's start off here. So I just wanted to talk about the things that I normally carry in my top case. One thing I just wanted to mention, I've shown in a previous video and I've mentioned on the podcast, right, that my, one of my rides is a 2018 Kawasaki Z900RS. Love this bike. Um, I carry the top case most of the time. One thing that's kind of interesting, uh, I belong to a lot of Facebook groups, um, you know, like for Z900RS owners. And I have to say, some people give me flack for having this top case on there because they say that it wrecks the lines of the bike and it doesn't quite belong on there. So I'm not going to claim that it makes the bike look better, although honestly, I don't mind the way it looks. I, I think it looks okay. I know in photographs, it's kind of weird because depending, depending on the angle, it, it looks really distorted. Like, the, make, like this, for example, makes the thing look huge and kind of out of proportion, so it kind of looks funny on the bike. But let me show you one cool thing, right? So this is the, the, the Givi V47 monarchy system that I have and what's really cool right so all I got to do is this right pop it case comes off right all right sit it on the ground and now no more case no more top case on the bike so you know if I don't want to have that look there you go I think that looks pretty cool yeah, okay, you still got that little thing on the back that looks like a wing or a spoiler or something like that. But actually, it's kind of handy because if I want to carry something else, like, you know, if I wanted to carry, you know, some kind of soft case or like a waterproof roll bag or something like that, it's easy to strap down. I love this system. This is the Givi Universal Top Plate, uh, which is actually mounted to a Hepco and Becker uh, rear rack that I bought for this bike. Uh, unfortunately, at the time I, I put the setup on the bike, Givi did not have a rack that would fit this bike, uh, although I do have a Givi rack system on my 2016 Kawasaki Vulcan S. But, so check this out too, right? So this same case, I have a top plate for my Vulcan S, so if I'm going to ride the Vulcan S, the top case just swings up on the Vulcan S, right? clicks into place and I'm all set so anyway so the, the point I wanted to get to is it's a really cool setup I really like this setup because everything I need everything I carry with me is in this top case and if I'm going switching bikes all I do is quickly pop it off pop it on the other bike and I'm good to go all right so what's in my top case so let's see now mind you uh, I haven't prepared for this specially so this is the way my top case normally is I didn't specially organize it to look pretty for this video uh, but I can show you what's in here. It's going to back up a little bit so you can see okay. So one thing I've got is I've just got my uh, mobile warming heated gloves. It's a little bit cooler today. I'm not wearing them today just because I wasn't sure if I was going to want them. It's about uh, mid-50s, at least according to the bike. Um, when I left the house, yeah, it was a little like low 50s, and I may be out for a while. So I figured when the sun goes down, it kind of cools off a little bit. So I might want the uh, to have the heated gloves. You know, I'm all, I'm all set up. This is actually my connection here on the bike, right? That's hooked up to the motorcycle battery. I'm also wearing my heated jacket, although that's not on today either. But uh, it, it's a really cool setup. And one of the things about gear is if you don't have it with you, it doesn't do you any good. And one of the things I think about motorcycle gear is, you know, you need to be comfortable and you need to be in gear that's, that's comfortable because, in my view, you do need to wear gear. So 
you know, make sure you got the gear with you. It doesn't really, they're, they're lightweight, you know, if I don't use them, okay, big deal. Uh, I'm just gonna kinda set those aside. Uh, yeah, so if I don't use them, big deal, it's not really costing me much, but if I am out for a, a while and, you know, it's getting kinda cool, I can throw them on, plug into the bike, and be nice and comfortable. All right, so in a previous video I mentioned this. I'm now carrying the Moto Jitsu Master Riding Program book by Greg Widmar. I already did a video on that. I'm not going to go into detail, but I carry that. So if I find a parking lot and I'm in the mood to do some uh, practice and drills, he's got some really good drills that he's laid out there as part of his uh, Moto Jitsu program. Uh, let's see. Well, this is an important. I just happened happen, happen to carry the uh, clip for my cell phone. All right, this is important. So right here... I've got a uh, basically a, a trauma and first aid kit. It's uh, it's in a waterproof bag. I'm not gonna open. Well, I'll open it. I'm not gonna pull everything out because I don't want to have to deal with packing it up again right now. But uh, you know, I've got rubber gloves in there, and in addition to you know what you'd expect, bandages and band-aids and you know antiseptic first aid cream, you know alcohol wipes and whatever. I carry two tourniquets, and the reason for that is. Some time ago, Gene and I did a, a first aid class. Actually, it's called the uh, Accident Scene Management class. And also, we did a first aid class together. And one of the things they pointed out about tourniquets is if you apply a tourniquet to someone and it's you don't apply it in a proper location that it totally stops the bleeding, you do not want to remove the tourniquet because once you've stopped as much blood flow as you have, you don't want to mess with it. What you do is you apply... Sorry for that buzzing. It sounds like a drone just went overhead. That's kind of cool. Uh, that's one of the things about being in the state park. There's all kinds of things going on. So anyway, yeah, so what you do is you apply a second tourniquet. Not to mention um, having two tourniquets is an advantage because, you know, if you're riding in a group or, or whatever, you know, there's always the possibility that more than one person is injured or, you know, there could be a bleeding injury on more than one limb. So I figure why not have two tourniquets? The other thing that's in here, and again, maybe I'll do a separate video and I'll kind of pull everything out of, out of this trauma kit. The other thing that I carry, uh, and like I said, you know, we, we, Gene and I are both first aid trained. We are trained in CPR. Uh, I haven't had to really apply it yet, fortunately. And I hope if it comes to it, that I remember everything that we were trained in and that I learned, but at least we've got equipment with us. The other thing is trauma scissors, trauma shears. And the point about those is, you know, nowadays more and more frequently people wear Kevlar gear, at least hopefully people are wearing Kevlar gear, at least in some cases. So you want a pair of scissors if you need to remove someone's gear, you know, in, in an emergency situation, first aid situation, you're not going to like try to remove the person's clothes or whatever, you're just going to cut them off. So you want to have, you know, at least a good knife that can cut Kevlar, but certainly shears are safer so that you could remove clothing to you know get access to an injury. All right, so that's first aid and trauma kit. So I highly recommend that. And I highly recommend that people do first aid and trauma training, and I'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. Okay, what's next? So here I've got uh, some wipes, basically hand wipes, you know, kind of like Gojo kind of things, and some gloves and some rags. So that's that. Uh, okay, toolkit. So this is pretty cool. I found this, I think I got it from Revzilla or Cycle Gear, I'm not sure, but basically it's a tool roll. Uh, it's just the roll, and then I've added my own tools. Um, as you guys probably know, most motorcycles, you know, they come with a little tool kit with things that'll work for your bike, but uh, not necessarily a complete kit, you know, and so here I carry tools that are 
good tools that are easy to use. You know, I've got crescent wrenches and I've got my uh, socket handle and a pair of pliers and some of the tools that came with the bike. I've got my sockets and then Allen keys, in my case metric because I've got two metric bikes. Uh, I've got in here, I've got some fuses and some uh, tie wraps in case I ever needed to tie wrap something. So that comes in really handy. So definitely, you know, you want to carry a toolkit. Also a knife in case I need that. So let me just kind of set this aside quick. Sorry if the video is a little messed up there. Sorry about any background noise. I'm at a park, so you'll hear. Actually, it's kind of nice because sometimes you hear a hot rod go by, some motorcycles. Oh, that sounds good. Um, that guy's got a nice exhaust on that thing. Anyway, uh, you may hear some other background noise. But anyway, so, so moving, moving along. So, okay, so what else do I have in the top case? Um, so here... I won't be carrying this all year round. Um, this is, let me see if I can see the uh, Startron Enzyme Fuel Treatment. So the reason that I carry this is I ride the bike, I ride the bikes year round. I don't winterize them. Um, and so, you know, if it's kind of gets cold enough where I know I'm not going to be riding for a couple weeks or, or longer, uh, you know, when I top off fuel, I, I mean, I treat these in the wintertime. I treat both bikes with this and then... Uh, you know, anytime I top off, I add some. So this way, you know, it, it just helps stabilize the gas. So, you know, in the event that, um, actually, let me, let, me, let me show you what it actually looks like. All right. Sorry I don't have a better camera setup, but eventually we'll get there. But more important is the info, right? So there it is. So Startron Enzyme Fuel Treatment. So <clears throat> that's what I do so I can keep the bikes on the road, but keep the fuel stabilized so I don't end up with problems. I mean, this is a fuel-injected engine, so it's not as bad as having a carburetor and et cetera. But anyway, so that's what I carry. It's starting to warm up enough. I probably won't carry it anymore because I won't, I won't need to treat the fuel. I'll be riding as often as I can. But all right, next item is a cargo net. Um, this one I got off of, uh, I think it was Amazon.com for like five or six bucks. Really handy. It's got lots of nice hooks. So if I don't have the, uh, the top case on, I can use that to strap things down to that top plate. Uh, what else? All right. Then I've got my, uh, my cycle pump easy air tire gauge. All right. So always carry a tire gauge. This one is nice. Uh, you know, it's, it's got a chuck, you know, to, to fit on and hook on. And then I carry this, uh, this right angle connector, which I can hook on to the, uh, to the gauge uh, just makes it easier especially with this bike it's a little hard to to get onto the uh, the valve stems all right and then of course going along with that is I need a way to pump up the tires so I've got my cycle pump air pump <clears throat> this thing is awesome if you guys listen to the throttle podcast in which I'm a uh, co-host you'll know that this is actually actually cycle pump is a sponsor of throttled bear with me trying to show you what this thing looks like so uh there's my cycle pump i'm not going to pull it all apart but there's the chuck uh what's nice about this setup is so basically because of the way that the the gauge is set up right so you'll see the valve here so <clears throat> basically i can just connect the uh the air pump to the gauge and basically have the gauge in line right and then you know, this, this just goes to my tire. So this way uh, I can be checking the pressure while I'm running the pump. Okay, so this thing has a lifetime guarantee. So if you ever have a problem, you send it back, they ship you a new one. It's got rubber end caps uh, just to protect it. It's a metal case, very durable. So that's what I carry. Just, you know, connects right up to the SAE connector on the bike, you know, which I use both for my, uh, right, so I use this mostly for my battery tender. 
um, but also I can use it for the pump. Just keep in mind if, if you do use like a cycle pump on your SAE connector, just check the fuse. Like this, this is the this is the connector that I have, um, you know, going to the battery for the battery tender. Uh, but I replaced that fuse. I put a, I think it's a 10 amp fuse, which is what you need for the uh, cycle pump because it takes a little more current. What else? Fortunately, I haven't had to use one of these yet, but this is my uh, puncture repair kit. I definitely am of the belief that, uh, you know, if you need to repair a tire, I mean, my understanding is you definitely don't want to ride a tire that's had a puncture in the sidewall. But if you do have a tire that's had a puncture in the tread, you can repair it with a kit like this. Um, I just am of the, you know, I, I agree with people who say that, you know, you use this as a temporary thing so you can pump up the tire, have, an, you know, have proper air pressure, get the bike to a shop, and then replace the tire. Uh, personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with continuing to ride on a bike that's got a, a plug tire. All right, what else? This is cool stuff. Uh, bug slide. So uh, I actually learned about this on the Law Abiding Biker podcast. Um, it's just easy to carry. Uh, it's got a couple you know, little microcloth rags in there. Um, this is great for like, probably, I don't know if I've used it on the visor, probably could use it on the visor because I believe that it will not scratch plastic, but definitely I've used it to clean the rear view mirrors. And, you know, if I'm in a beautiful location and uh, I want to take some photos of the bike and it's kind of dirty looking, I just kind of take some of that, clean up the bike real quick, make it look nice and shiny, and then I, I can do my photos. All right, what else? This thing, I've got a disc lock. Uh, this is a Stockton, actually this is the Stockton case I think, it's actually, I forget the brand, but so I do carry a disc lock. I don't use this all the time, but uh, you know, especially if, if I'm traveling overnight and I'm going to leave the bike like parked in the hotel parking lot, you know, I, I will attach this to the disc and then the orange cord just helps, basically it's just there to remind you that the disc lock is, is on the front wheel because you don't want to be riding off with that and damage your disc or your, your uh, forks or whatever. So that's kind of cool to have. All right, getting down to the bottom here. What else? This, I actually don't use that much, but uh, it's kind of handy to have, and it's not that heavy. This is made by lock straps, and what's cool is this is basically, there's a cable inside this nylon webbing. <clears throat> there's a loop here that connects to this hook, right, and it's got a combo lock. So this I can use for locking anything, like a jacket or something like that on the bike. Uh, whenever I leave the bike, you know, I will leave, if I leave my helmet, like I leave it locked onto the bike. I've actually got something for that, but in case I have the jacket, especially an expensive jacket, I can use this to lock up the jacket. So there's that. All right, so what else do we have? It looks like all we got left is uh, my bag of junk here, right? So these are awesome. I, these, these I recommend. Um, again, bear with me. There's a problem of doing this impromptu, but hey, too bad. Um, okay, so hey, this content's for free, so you kind of get what you get. Anyway, these are really cool. These cycle wipes, um, I carry these. They're really good for cleaning the visor. Helps get bugs and stuff like that off. Can be used to clean the bike too, but mostly I carry it for the visor. And then uh, I've just got, uh, what else in here? Uh, I've got my, uh, this is my Easy Pass in New York and surrounding states like New Jersey, Pennsylvania for tolls. I carry that if I need it. And then uh, I've got an assortment of other things. I've got like earplugs and stuff. And then I've just got some uh, microfiber cloths, you know, for, for cleaning the visor. So that is that. All right. Getting down to the end of this thing. Okay, so this, this actually, this case is a tank bag, uh, which I 
first started using when I bought the Vulcan S before I really had any luggage. It was really convenient. Um, it's one of these magnetic deals. I don't know if you can see on the bottom here, but there's, there's big magnets in these flaps. I did use it for quite a while, but the reason I stopped using it is I did have a situation. Uh, it was on a local road. It wasn't highway, thank God, but I, I accelerated, and I don't know if I didn't have the thing strapped, you know, secured properly or, or the magnets are weakening, whatever. But the point is that the thing flew up into my chest. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm not doing any, that, that anymore. That, that's, that's too dangerous. You know, if, if you have a tank bag that has like a lock ring that goes to the gas tank ring or something like that, that's cool. Or there's other ones where it actually straps to the bike. If you can physically secure it to the bike, I'd say fine. Um, but this one, as convenient as it, as it was, I just thought it was too dangerous. Honestly, I don't like tank bags to begin with because I don't. I think they're ugly. I don't think they look good on a. I've never seen a tank bag on any bike that looks good. If you have one and you use it, cool, fine. You know, hey, whatever works for you is awesome. Personally, I just don't like the way it looks. It's one thing, you know. I know guys that like do real serious adventure stuff and they've got so much stuff to carry that they need a tank bag, and you know, it actually can be a nice uh, resting area or shelf or whatever. Kind of tie up where they could see maps if they have paper maps or a cell phone or something like that. So I get that, but. I choose not to, to use a tank bag. Anyway, so I recently added these. Um, so I've just got some uh, work gloves in case I need to work on the bike. I'll probably take them out as it gets warmer, but I just figured in the colder weather it'd be nice to have something, uh, you know, because I don't want to get my, uh, my good riding gloves all greasy or whatever. This is a spare balaclava, again, just for the cooler weather. It's kind of nice just because uh, it goes over your head, covers your neck, so if you're riding in cooler weather. And then what do I got? Some tissues, peanuts, snacks. Um, this is, it's not so much a safety thing, but you know, something to consider is if you ride with people who are diabetic, you know, sometimes there are people who are diabetic who don't take care of themselves as well as they should. And if you're the kind of person that likes to help others and always be prepared, it kind of helps to have snacks and stuff. So, if, you know, someone who is diabetic has a sugar crash or something, they have something to eat. I don't know that peanuts is the best thing, but, you know, if, if you want to carry something like that, I think that's a great idea. It's just something for me if I get a little hungry and I don't feel like uh, stopping, you know, off to get some food. That's something to snack on. Carry water, which is really important in the summer months. You know, when it starts to get hot, it's really important to keep hydrated. Yeah, you know, if there's a quickie mart or gas station, you know, far, you know, close enough, you know, and you can get water on a regular basis, fine, do that. But I just like to be prepared, so I just carry some so I have it. This is actually a helmet bag, which I have just in case I need to carry something, pack something. Here's a phone charger, which you probably don't really need here. This is just in case, you know, I stop someplace and go to have some bite to eat and the, the bike, the, the, sorry, the phone needs a charge. Although I now have a charger set up on my handlebars, so that's not that important anymore. So maybe I'll take that out. Uh, some earplugs. Looks like, looks like I need to clean this thing out. Uh, here's like one of those cooling towel, towels. I don't know why I have it now since it's cooler weather, but I'll keep this in the, you know, on the bike when uh, it starts to warm up. And then what else? Actually, so actually here's here's one of the tourniquets. So let me just actually pull one of these out. So it looks like I lied. So I only have one in the trauma kit, but I have the extra one here. Oh, also this is cool. Um, so these are like space blankets, you know, those aluminum blankets, which can be handy for a lot of things in the cooler weather, yes, to keep somebody warm. But also you can use something like this if you need to move someone, if they have some kind of severe injury, you can actually kind of, you know, open this thing up and use it, not like a rope so much, but you, it's long enough that you could tuck it, you know, under their armpits or whatever. And then like 
with without having to lift them, drag them, you know, off the road or something like that out of a dangerous situation, uh, you know, and, and move them minimally, you know, in case they need to be somewhat immobilized. Uh, also, these are for CPR. I'm not going to open them, but these are like little, I don't know what you would call them, not dental dams, but little, little, you know, personal hygiene things just between you and the person that you're doing mouth to mouth if you need to give CPR. So those are cool to have, very small and light. And then here's one of the tourniquets. Uh, this is a very high quality one. It's got a metal rod here to tighten it. And that's one of the key things too that we learned in the first aid class is if you have a good high quality tourniquet, um, you don't have to be concerned about using it. Like it's, it's not going to cause damage. I didn't realize, I always thought like once you put a tourniquet on, it was like a bad thing. It was kind of dangerous, but, um, we actually learned that the reason that that's the case is if it's not a good tourniquet, what it can do is if it's too narrow or something, I guess it can, you know, cut, cut into the flesh or can cause nerve damage and things of that sort. Uh, but actually in the first aid class that we did and the, um, accident scene management class that we did they actually had us apply tourniquets to ourselves and to demonstrate we knew how to use them we actually had to tighten them on like an arm or our own leg sufficiently so that the pulse stopped and then that then, the, then they would give you a pass and you were allowed to take it off so that that was really cool information to have and a good thing to learn i've got some cliff bars in here and then a flashlight too so which probably needs new batteries. Actually, it doesn't look too bad. But, you know, one of those things, you know, nowadays you carry a cell phone. It's not too bad. You could use a cell phone if it's got a flashlight on it. But, you know, if you have a problem with the bike in the evening and, uh, you know, you need to, to, to repair it and you want to see what's going on, especially if your cell phone died or is dying, it could be handy to have something like that. Uh, you know, it's pretty lightweight. This one's kind of cool because it's got like a little hook on it. So I could actually kind of just strap it on someplace on the bike. I believe it kind of works a little bit like a lantern kind of thing. I think the this thing extends here. No, maybe this one doesn't. But anyway, just to, to have a little light so that you can work effectively. And then here I've got well, a helmet lock device. And then I've got my owner's manual, which actually I don't really need to carry on the bike anymore because I found that Kawasaki has all the... Uh, owner's manuals online in pdf format so i actually carry it on my phone so i probably will take that out because it's actually good i'm glad i did this because it looks like i've got some things in here it looks like i have some things in here that i don't really need to be carrying and then it would lighten the load a little bit uh you know overall i'd have to guess the case with everything in it i don't know maybe 20 pounds like give or take but uh anyway so that's what i carry um you know, a lot of this stuff I haven't needed to use yet, fortunately. I mean, I haven't broken down by the side of the road. I haven't come across an accident where I need to help someone. But to me, part of motorcycling is being prepared. In fact, uh, hold on one second. I'm going to flip the camera around. Actually, before I flip it around, let me just show you, right? So here's everything that I just went through. Uh, sorry if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. Uh, but everything that's loaded in my top case, you can see it's actually a fair amount of stuff. And here is the empty top case, right? So, I don't know. That's what I do. So, uh, yeah. So, now let me flip it around. All right. So, it's me again. So, uh, yeah. So, as a motorcyclist, I definitely believe in being prepared. I think it's the kind of thing, you know, you, you practice your skills. You take courses. You learn how to be a good rider. You learn how to be a safe rider so that bad things don't happen. But not everything is in your control. And sometimes bad things do happen. I'm the kind of person, I just like to help people. So, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I carry is really just for the benefit of helping other people. I mean, in my truck, you know, I carry jumper cables and tools and stuff like that. And quite honestly, I probably use them more for other people than myself. 
you know, sometimes you find someone with a dead battery and they don't have jumper cables. And so, okay, well, like, guess what? I can help them out or whatever, you know, someone that they break down, they don't have tools. Well, I've got the tools. So same thing with motorcycling. It's just, to me, it's a brotherhood. It's part of the community, you know, men and women just enjoying something really cool and helping one another out. And so if I can do that by carrying some equipment, um, even if other people have it, you know, I've got some additional tools, some additional safety gear, first aid kit, trauma kit, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this episode both on my YouTube channel and as a podcast. I hope it worked out good. I hope I explained things well enough for people not able to see what I was, the, all the items I was showing. Although for sure, if you're interested, you can then just check out the video. So again, it's Old Man Slacker, a.k.a. Chris Geis. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, So You Want to Ride, or So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle. You can definitely email me, So You Want to Ride, at yahoo.com. And by all means, like, write in, let, let me know, or even put, put up a video. Put a video on my Facebook page, like, whatever you want to do. Let me know, what do you carry in your face, uh, Facebook? What do you carry in your top case? You know, do you carry things that I don't carry? Um, whatever, like, let me know. Let me know if you think there's things I should carry that I don't or, you know, things that I carry that I don't need to because maybe you've got a better solution. But uh, let me know. You know, definitely let me know what's in your top case. And uh, I'm going to sign out. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. Catch you guys later.